How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountains? And boom goes the dynamite. I don't know what we're yelling about! I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Five weeks of high school football is in the books, and we are ready for Episode 5 of the Idaho Sports Prepcast, presented by Project Filter. My name is Sven Elskog, alongside Lucas Gebhardt, a broadcaster for IdahoSports.com. Lucas, we have a lot to talk about here as we're over halfway through the regular season for every classification for football, and what that means is that we've got a better idea of how these teams are starting to shape up, and well, we'll give the, the folks listening an idea of which teams have really impressed us the most here in the early season as far as kind of surprising people and doing more than what you would expect out of them. We'll also run over what happened last week, preview next week, and also make our game picks, the pick six segment coming up later in the show, and of course our upset pick for this week and hopefully for my case Lucas it's not as bad as the uh, Timberlake St. Mary's upset pick as I did last week Todd Gilkey the athletic director at St. Mary's and their head coach Craig Teff they were listening to the podcast and uh, their team went out there and they played with heart and they upset Timberlake so we're happy to see that but uh, nonetheless it doesn't make me look very smart does it? Uh, no, not at all. And uh, I went up to Idaho Falls on Saturday to do the Emotion Bowl with Matt Harris, another one of our broadcasters. He was telling me about that during one of the commercial breaks. And uh, so, yeah, it doesn't make you look too smart out there. But, hey, that's where we get paid the big bucks, right? Sometimes we hit them, sometimes we don't. Hey, St. Mary's is a good football team. I just thought Timberlake could show some nice improvement so far in the season. Another game pick we did last week was Valley and Oakley. I did pick Valley to win that football game. Over Oakley, they did win 50-8. to Oakley banged up with some injuries. But I want to give a special shout-out to the Valley Vikings coaching staff. They sent me a T-shirt, Lucas, in the mail. I received it today, and so now I've got my very own Valley Viking T-shirt. So I am one with the crowd there in the 181 ranks. Uh, you got you got to wear that around the office, don't you? Didn't you... Uh... Or is, am I thinking of something else? <laughs> uh, of course, I got to wear it around the office. We got to represent school colors here. I, you know, I, I'm not affiliated with anybody here. I'm not actually originally from the state of Idaho. I, I went to Stanwood High School in Washington. Go Spartans! So, nonetheless, you can't say I've got a rooting interest. I just really like 1A football, and in fact. We've got an article up on the IdahoSports.com homepage now that talks all about the great things that go into making eight-man football in the state of Idaho possible. Make sure to click that and check it out if you're listening along at home right now. We would love to get some good interaction on that and share it around, especially if you are involved in Idaho eight-man football. Well, one of the things that we really wanted to talk about here, Lucas, is some teams that have impressed early in the season and kind of exceeded expectations so far. And I want to stop right now with anybody that had any doubts about Coeur d'Alene. My word, the Vikings go and uh, defend their home field and, to a little extent, avenge that state championship last last year to uh, Highland. They beat the Rams 42-20. to Very impressed by what I saw from Coeur d'Alene quarterback Cale Edwards who also had an interception on the defensive side of the ball. He threw for 244 yards and ran for 115, and he also had six combined touchdowns. Shiloh Morgan, their running back, 141 yards of his own and two touchdowns. So this is a football team that I look at, and they have exceeded my expectations. You've seen them in person as well in the Rigby game, and they showed a lot of heart coming back in that one. I think the Vikings are right back in the mix again for another state championship appearance. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely an impressive win. 
for them uh, at, at home against a very good Highland team. To put up 500 yards of offense on Highland, I mean, that, that's tell you all you need to know about how well this Coeur d'Alene offense is playing right now. And, you know, what, when I saw them against Rigby in week one, I, I saw – you know, a couple areas that might be a bit problematic. I thought they were a little turnover prone. I thought they had some trouble taking care of the ball. I didn't think their passing game was as effective as it was last year. But you know, you put up 42 points on on Highland. That'll that'll change some opinions pretty quick. It certainly changed mine last week. It was an impressive performance from Coeur d'Alene. But you know, another team that's really impressed me, Sven, is you, you go down to the 4A and you look at a team like Valley View. They're four and one on the season this year. And their only losses to Bishop Kelly, you know, 46-39, they lost that game. I mean, th- this is a team that I think isn't getting enough respect in the 4A. They're an SIC team, so it's not like they have a patsy schedule or anything like that. Valley View is a team that's really impressed me early on. Well, and you talked about Coeur d'Alene. We both talked about Coeur d'Alene. Everybody should be talking about Coeur d'Alene. But what about their opponent in the conference? Lewiston is 4-1 and one as well. Man, Pat Carey doing a fantastic job for the Bengals. And, uh, you know, we're both Idaho State Bengals, so we can always root for those Lewiston Bengals as well. Keep it with the school tradition, right? But, uh, right, boy, right. Lewiston, <laughs> you, you've got to be impressed with them. They beat Sandpoint 42-12 to last week, and that was without leading receiver Kyle Alford. And Colt Jacobs, he stepped in, 207 yards receiving and four touchdowns in that win. Quarterback Tyson Wallace with five touchdowns in his own right. And, uh, you know, this is a football team that could really challenge. Coeur plays Lewiston on the road coming up on October 5th. So a couple of weeks down the road, I think that's a big one to circle on calendars. Yeah, I think it is too. You, you, you talk about a team like Lewiston, the, their only loss so far this year is to Idaho Falls, and they only lost by one. So they're, they're really one point away from being unbeaten, being a perfect 5-0 and to this point in the season. But since that week one loss, Lewiston is a team that's given up 22 points since week one. So over the following four weeks, just 22 points. They've shut out a couple schools out of Washington. They held another one to 10. They held Sandpoint to 12 last week. So uh, Lewiston, yet again, another team that has really impressed me so far. And, you know, up north, that could be a game that could really decide some things. And depending on how Lewiston performs in that game coming up on October 5th, I mean, they, they have them at home, you know, and that, that gives them an even bigger advantage there. Obviously, Coeur d'Alene putting up the offensive firepower numbers that they are. It's going to be a tough matchup for them. But, you know, really, when you look at Lewiston, the rest of the schedule they have, I only see one loss on that schedule the rest of the way, and that is to Coeur d'Alene. I think they'll beat Moscow pretty handily this week. I like them against post and Lake City as well. Yeah, and Lewiston is just one of those teams and places, really, for that matter, that is just tough to play. You don't see a lot of people travel into Lewiston, especially when they are on and come away with a victory. And I think this year that will be the big game. Coeur d'Alene will enter as the favorite, of course, but don't sleep on the Bengals. Well, Mountain Home, another team that we have never talked about here on the Idaho Sports Prepcast. We're going to do it right now. As you saw them earlier this year, take on Pocatello at Holt Arena. The Tigers are just 2-3 and three overall on the season, but most importantly, those two wins both came in the Great Basin West pod, and they've only got two more pod games left, those coming against Twin Falls and Canyon Ridge. If they win one of those games, they are in the playoffs this year. And In fact, even if they lose both of them, if Canyon Ridge loses one more time this year, 
the Mountain Home Tigers, they're going to head to the playoffs regardless. So you look at what the job Jim Clark has been able to do with that team. This is a group that had lost 36 of its last 40 games. They come in this year, they beat Wood River, they beat Jerome, and this kind of follows up what Coach Clark said before the season. He said, we're ready to make some noise. Well, this year, they move over to District 4, and so far, they have had much more success there than what they had experienced in the SIC, and that's not necessarily a shock. Is The SIC is just so difficult to win football games in. They've got to be thrilled to be in the Great Basin, and well, if they do make the playoffs, it'll be the first time since 2008 they lost to Hillcrest 49-43 to in the semifinals that year. A couple of key pieces for the Tigers. Michael Castillo is their quarterback. Nehemiah Parker, their key wide receiver. You know, What are your thoughts on the Tigers and kind of their prospects to get into the playoffs this year? Well, I think they have a really good chance of making the playoffs. I mean, they have a tough task with Twin Falls, but they beat Canyon Ridge, which is a very winnable game for Mountain Home. You said it, they're in the playoffs for the first time in, in a decade. You know, and um, this is a Mountain Home team that for the first time in years has some positive mental state going on within that program. I mean, for years, they've just been the doormat of the SIC. You know, people have kind of penciled in the win against Mountain Home for years in the SIC but now they make the move over to District 4 and Mountain Home's looking at their schedule and saying hey we can you know win some games here we can maybe make it to the playoffs and that just does so much mentally for your football team the mental side of sports is something that I think us media folks often overlook I don't think we talk about it enough and I think that that move mentally for Mountain Home over to District 4 has done a lot for that program. And, you know, we talk about all these different teams. Well, a couple of teams that we weren't sure what to expect out of this year. You know, in the 3A classification, South Fremont and Marsh Valley, they are playing each other this week. Marsh Valley 3-2 and two on the season, South Fremont 4-1. and one. Their only loss coming in the opener to the Fruitland Grizzlies. So for South Fremont, Again, without that Fruitland game, they could very well be undefeated right now as well. So I think both of those teams have really exceeded expectations as well. Marsh Valley, they defeated Bear Lake 49-6 to last week. And uh, Peyton Campbell, their running back, over 200 yards, five touchdowns. Very, very physical football team. And we're going to find out a lot more about each of these teams as they face off with each other here this week. Yeah, I think so as well. And, you know, the third team that has caught me by surprise this week you go to the north part of fremont county you talk about north fremont this is a team that has just been rolling through schools you look at their schedule 46 14 over filer 56 16 over teton 29 6 over aberdeen 57 to 14 over soda 55 nothing last week against salmon this is a very physical football team with a quarterback garrett hawks that has an offense that's averaging just shy of 50 points a game. North Fremont's 5-0 and for the first time. I mean, it exceeds our records. That's how long it's been since North Fremont has had this hot of a start. You look at the rest of their schedule, West Jefferson, Firth, Ryrie. North Fremont has a really good chance of running the table. I think they have a really good chance because they're such a physical football team and they play so well defensively. They, they have a chance. I'm not saying they're going to, but they have a chance if they meet up with Declo in the state playoffs. If there's a team that Declo needs to be afraid of, it's North Fremont. And Declo got pushed earlier this season against Aberdeen. Aberdeen lost 42 to nothing to the Westside Pirates last week. 
you know, are we talking enough about Westside? I sure don't think so. Is their quarterback Stockton Brown, running back Jake Moser, all kinds of guys? Uh, they are really talented, and they're just as physical as what Marsh Valley is. I think Westside is another team that really isn't getting enough love, so to speak, in the 2A classification. Of course, you can always make the argument with Grangeville as well that they're not getting enough love. They've got talent like Tesher Harris, the quarterback, Booker Bush, the running back, and they've been playing without Noah Cashmitter. Once they get him back, they're going to be even better as well. So the 2A classification kind of seems up for grabs. I think that the general consensus would be that Declo is going to be the favorite with Keegan Duncan, their Boise State commit at running back. But don't sleep on some of these other teams out there that could make some noise as well, right, Lucas? Well, absolutely. I mean, you, you look at 2A and you say, well, it's going to be Declo. You know, they're going to win the state title. But if Declo overlooks one of these teams in the state playoffs, whether that be Westside, Grangeville, North Fremont, you look at a team like St. Mary's as well, they overlook one of those teams. They take a week off during the state playoffs, they could get beat. I mean, outside of Declo, it's wide open. You can take Declo out of the case. It could be we could see a state championship from Westside. We could see a state championship from North Fremont. Uh, Aberdeen is another team that I don't think it, you can write off quite yet. I, I realize that they've been struggling the last couple weeks, but you know they didn't have Clawson last week. They're in the middle of harvest right now. If they they win the right conference games, they can possibly get into the playoffs still. And if they get Clawson healthy, that can be a dangerous team in the playoffs. So yeah, two way wide open outside of Declo. A couple of surprise teams as far as the 1AD1 classification goes as well. Potlatch has a new head coach, Ryan Ball, and boy, they came out in their opener and defeated Deary, and I don't think anybody saw that coming. So you got to give a shout-out to the Potlatch Loggers in that regard. Kamii, another team that's gotten off to a hot start. And then, you know, in the Snake River Conference in 1A Division One, these are sleeper teams that we didn't really – uh, they, they weren't getting a lot of media pub, so to speak, in the preseason. But Glens Ferry, they forced Grace into six turnovers, 28-16 win last week. And the Pilots, they're now 3-2. and two. Chalice, they're 4-1. and one. They're only lost coming to Oakley. So Chalice and Glens Ferry, you also look at Butte County. Those are all teams that are right in it as well, especially if this injury bug continues to eat up Oakley and uh, Raft River trending downward here the last couple of weeks. But, you know, Valley, still the favorite right now. I think that's pretty clear after defeating Oakley 50-8 to last week. But beyond that, who knows? As far as playoff positioning is concerned, it just seems like it is such a complete logjam of good quality football teams there in District 4. Right, and it doesn't really look like you can really put one team at the top of that logjam because like we've seen with with Oakley, as a great example, Oakley was getting first-place votes left and right up in 1A, D1. They get a couple injuries, and now all of a sudden everything just blows up and everything's wide open. The, the exact same thing can happen in any district, in any classification. You just never know. I mean, we're starting to get late in the regular season. These games are really starting to matter right now. You just, every week, we get surprised with something. You know, and it seems like prior to the season, as we talk about the 1AD2 sleeper teams that, well, not sleeper teams, so to speak, but teams that kind of flew under the radar a little bit and they have impressed us, surprised us a little bit. Kendrick, you know, they are ranked number two in the state media poll right now. They defeated Mullen 80-40 to last week. This has been a high-powered offense right from the get-go this season. The Tigers 533 yards of offense last week. Alex Sneeve, five rushing touchdowns. He also threw for a couple. And within their conference, Deary, 
They lost their opener to Potlatch, but they've won all four games since then. They're four and one now. They're going to play Kootenai, who's three and one, and Clark Fork, another team that is impressed in the early season. They're four and one. They've won the North Star League so far this year, but they've still got a little bit of work to do if they want to actually get into the playoffs. Just two teams get in out of District One and Two combined. Clark Fork's quarterback, Cameron Garcia, 263 yards rushing a couple of weeks ago against Lakeside. And, and I think Clark Fork, the Wampus Cats, they are a team that could really push Deary for that second playoff spot out of District 1 and District 2. So I've got a lot of sleeper teams and uh, you know teams to watch for as the season goes on coming out of the 1AD2 classification, and they're all from up north. You know, What are some teams you've been impressed with so far in the early going of the year? Yeah, Kerry with their uh, state player of the year last year, Porter Meekum, I mean, they're undefeated to this point. I've uh, been really impressed with Kerry so far. Nonetheless, you know, Kerry, Kendrick, Deary, there's all kinds of teams that you can list off in the 1AD2 classification. It seems like uh, th- there's just a lot of battling for positioning down below Kendrick and Kerry. Kendrick and Kerry seem to be the clear-cut top two teams so far, but we'll see how it plays out down below that. More coming up with Lucas later in the show. We'll pause now and come back with our Pick 6 segment and upsets coming up for next week. This is the IdahoSports.com PrepCast presented by Project Filter. My name's Jerry and I smoked for 30 plus years. I was elk hunting. My left arm and my left leg started tingling on me. I nearly died and it was enough to wake me up. You know, being on the top side of the grass is a good alternative to smoking. I still hunt, and now it's getting time where the grandkids are going to start going, and I want to be there for that. Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW or visit projectfilter.org. Get ready for big savings during Toyota's Touchdown event. Choose cash back, special APR interest savings, or special lease offers on nearly every Toyota model. Join the winning team, Team Toyota, and take advantage of big touchdown event savings. Get full details at buyatoyota.com or see your local Toyota dealer today. Toyota, let's go places. All financing and approved credit through Toyota Financial Services offers end October 1st, 2018. Don't worry, honey. You know how the media sensationalizes everything. You play to win the game. I thought that would be big news. You thought what would be big news? We've got more with IdahoSports.com broadcaster Lucas Gebhardt right now on the phone line. It's time for our Pick 6 segment where we pick six games from throughout the state that we think are going to be pretty tight. We pick the result of each game, then we throw in an upset as well just for some fun. Lucas, glad to have you with us again. And, uh, you know, we've got six pretty good games this week. As the season starts to wind down a little bit, we've gotten a better idea which games are really going to be close and which games might not be. And I think it makes it a lot easier uh, to pick which six games we want included on this list. Yeah, it kind of seems like in the beginning part of the season, you're kind of throwing darts at a, at a dartboard. You're just kind of guessing at some things. But yeah, we're starting to get pretty late in the season towards the end of September now. So we're starting to get a little bit of a better idea. But you know, we'll see if our records can improve and reflect that as well. <laughs> First game that we'd like to start with is a game that we'll be broadcasting coming up on Friday. The Skyline Grizzlies taking on the Hillcrest Knights. Skyline 5-0 and on the season, 3-0 and in the 4A High Country Conference. Hillcrest is 4-1 and on the season, 2-0 and 
in the High Country Conference. Silcrest running back Jordan Nurberg was banged up last week and injured, and we're not 100% positive about his availability for this week. That could impact this game in a big way. He is such a talented weapon, and if he's not able to go, that really impacts what the Knights are able to do. And, uh, you know, the Skyline Grizzlies, of course, the back-to-back two-time defending state champions. This should be a pretty good football game regardless, and it really could decide who wins this conference this season. Yeah, it's it's an important conference game for sure, and Newerberg's availability will will have a really big impact on who ends up winning this football game. But you know, I think regardless of whether he plays or not, I like Skyline to win the football game just because they have so many offensive weapons. They have you know Easton Taylor, Cruz Taylor, they have uh, Ruiz coming out of the backfield, and on the defensive side of the football, they also have Nick Wayland as well, who can. Uh, pretty much just wreck any type of offensive game plan you have. Uh, it's, that's what he did last week against Idaho Falls, and he's right up there in the top in the 4A for uh, sacks, uh, right up there at the top of the leaderboard. So I like Skyline uh, to win this game. Yeah, and you've seen both of these teams live this season. They were both in the Rocky Mountain Rumble. You also saw Skyline last week against Idaho Falls, and I think a lot of people throughout the state have been just so impressed with the job Scott Berger's done to continue to keep these guys towards the top of the 4A classification. Again, another 5-0 and start to the season. They have been mighty impressive, and I like them again this week as they take on Hillcrest. I've got the Skyline Grizzlies winning that one. We now drop to the 1A D2 classification as the Horseshoe Bend Mustangs make their debut in the Long Pin Conference, a big matchup hosting the Salmon River Savages and their head coach, Charlie Shepard. And something to note for this game, it's the opposite end of the injury spectrum as Canyon Harper, the running back, do-everything player for the Salmon River Savages, he is back out on the football field. And I think that will make a huge difference in this game. I picked the Savages to knock off Horseshoe Bend on the road in this one. Salmon River enters this game 1-3 and three on the season. Horseshoe Bend is 2-2. Two and two. This is the conference opener for each team yeah I, I like salmon river in this one as well and uh you know having having him back on the field is going to do wonders for that salmon river offense and if you look at salmon river they have a tough schedule yeah they're one and three but they have played teams like lapway prairie and deary those three opponents have a combined 11 and 5 record right now so i think salmon river is a much better football team and their 1-3 and three record indicates I like Salmon River. Another really good one that we'll have broadcast for you this week. We Both those games that we already mentioned, Skyline Hillcrest and Salmon River Horseshoe Bend, are on our broadcast schedule for this week. We've also added one that I think is going to excite a lot of people. Rigby comes into this game 2-3, and three, taking on the Madison Bobcats. 4-1 and one on the season. Rivalry football from Rexburg. This has big playoff implications in the 5A ranks as both these teams they have really impressed in the early season and Rigby a very misleading two and three record so far this season I think yeah I think so as well I mean they they had Coeur Lane pretty much on the ropes in week one I went up there and did that game with Alec Pope but you know you you look at these two teams and a, a common opponent they have is Hillcrest Madison beat them by one uh Rigby lost one by one so, I mean, it, a couple things bounce Rigby's way. They could be looking at potentially being undefeated to this point in the season, but, you know, Madison is just such a tough place to play. I think Madison has a little bit better of a defense than Rigby does, so I'm going to take the Bobcats. 
And those are all really good points. I think this is kind of one of those toss-up games. But on the other side of things, I really like it when teams challenge themselves in the non-conference schedule. And I think the Rigby Trojans have done just that. They've played some of the best teams that you can face out there in Hillcrest, Coeur d'Alene. You know, they went all the way over to Washington to play a game. They've been all over the place. They've played everybody. And I think this week is when it starts to pay off. They will knock off the Madison Bobcats this week. I have Rigby. Lucas goes the other direction with Madison. We're halfway through our Idaho Sports Pick 6 here on the PrepCast. Presented my project filter. Three more games left to pick here. We'll now go down to the 4A Great Basin Conference. It is the Twin Falls Bruins taking on Century. This game does not count as far as the conference standings go because they're in opposite pods. But nonetheless, when you look at these two teams' records, Twin Falls 4-1 on the season, 2-0 in the Great Basin Conference. Century is 4-1 as well, 3-0 in the Great Basin Conference. I think there's a lot to like on each side of the football here. And, uh, you know, Twin Falls is just a really physical football team. They like to hammer you in the middle, so to speak. They have big linemen. They will run the football a lot with Jared Perry, their running back. And I think against Century on the road, what they're going to try to do, and we've seen this, we've watched Twin Falls Century games before, Lucas. They are going to just try and pound it, pound it, pound it, and win the time of possession battle. And I think in this one, Twin Falls will be able to do that. And I pick the Bruins to beat the Diamondbacks. Right, you, you make some good points, and Jared Perry, obviously, we, we saw what he did against Pocatello in week one for Twin Falls and the amount of carries he had, you know, 60 carries in week one. That'll tell you all you need to know about what Twin Falls is going to try to do. But you look at a team like Century, and they lost to Orem 61-19 to in the opening week of the season. But since then, Century has given up 58 points over the following four weeks. So I think Century, I mean, they've just been rolling since that game against Orem. And Orem's a you know, top 50 team in the entire country, you know, a, a favorite over there in the 4A. Uh, I've gotten the chance to talk to Travis Hobson. He's really excited about his team. I like Century at home. I think Nate Manning is a very underrated quarterback in the 4A classification. He's having a really good season. And Century, the last three weeks, 42 points against Pocatello, 52 against Preston, 42 against Burley. I think they put up similar numbers against Twin Falls. Twin Falls will try to control the clock, but you know, Century, I, I just don't see any way Twin Falls wins this game here at home. Yeah, and it's almost a shame that these two teams aren't in the same pod. As you look at it, and you'd really like it to count for conference standings, but nonetheless, it will not. The big game coming up later in the season for the Century Diamondbacks will be when they take on the Minico Spartans. That one is a couple of teams out of the East pod, Twin Falls, their inevitable, so to speak, conference or pod crown game is when they take on Mountain Home. I don't think that's anybody that they would have expected to be their number one competitor this year, but credit Mountain Home. They are 2-0 and in the West pod so far this season, but nonetheless, we won't jump the gun too much. I'll talk about the, the Twin Century game, and again, like I said, I picked the Twin Falls Bruins in this game. Lucas has Century on the reverse end. We now head to the 5A SIC, a couple of teams that are tied for third place with Eagle and Mountain View. It is Capital traveling to Skyview to take on the Hawks. Each team 3-2 and two on the season so far. An explosive offense for Skyview against a defense for Capital that last week showed that they've got the Gurkha stick back a little bit. They held Bora to seven points, and I'm interested to see if they can go back-to-back weeks against powerhouse offenses and slow them down. Who do you got in the Capital-Skyview game? Yeah, it's kind of an interesting scenario here for Skyview. Those seven points they held Bora to is 
a season low for Bohr, and it's not even close. I mean, the next closest is 23 against Meridian the week before that. But, you know, you look at a team like Skyview, I think they attack you a little bit differently offensively. Bora, more of an aerial attack. Skyview will attack you more on the ground. I like Skyview in this one. I think it's a bit of a hangover game for Capital. Uh, I think it's going to be close, but I do like Skyview. And, you know, the thing that I always look at when we're talking about these games, I think there's a big thing to say about home field advantage, and there's a big thing to say about defense. In this case, I will ride the defense over the home field advantage. I think that Capitals' defense is going to continue to show that they have shown improvement over the course of the season, and against Skyview, they'll slow them down just enough to squeak out of this one with the win. It will be close, though. The Capital Eagles are my pick over the Skyview Hawks to break the tie, so to speak, there for third place. Final game at our pick six segment, the Weezer Wolverines. They head over to Fruitland in a uh, old-fashioned rivalry. This is one that has people talking in the past. It's always been Weezer and Fruitland. That's the SRV rivalry. And, well, the Wolverines and their head coach, Tom Harrison, who has 10 state titles, one for every finger, he is going to try and show that, well, the rivalry is alive and well. The Wolverines, 4-1 and one so far this season, 1-0 in the SRV against the Fruitland Grizzlies, who are 2-2, 0-1 two two, in the SRV. Of course, that Fruitland loss came last week to Homedale, 34 to nothing. a game that kind of raised some eyebrows. And as a result, I think this one became a little bit more interesting, but I think that Fruitland, the back-to-back two-time defending state champions in the 3A classification, will spoil the party a little bit for the Wolverines in this one. I think the Grizzlies come away with a victory here in Game 2 of their conference slate. Yeah, I like Fruitland as well. I mean, Fruitland as a school that they're, they're not going to lose three in a row. A couple weeks ago, they lost to Middleton, 41-18. They lost to Homedale last week, 34 nothing. like that Homedale game last week on the road was a real wake-up call for Fruitland. I like Fruitland to win this football game. They're, they're a program that they just don't lose three games in a row. So that's our pick six segment. Now we've got to do our one upset for the week. Lucas, you go first. What's your upset pick? You know, I went down uh, to some small school football for this one. I like Butte County over Oakley this week and I'll tell you why I mean you you look at these two teams the last couple weeks Oakley a close game against Chalice 22-18 they just got thumped last week against Valley 50-8 to on the other hand if you look at Butte County they've won their last two football games they beat uh, Clark Water Springs 56-22 to and then they beat Glensbury 36-14 uh, Butte County does have to go on the road but they were 1A D2 last year up to 1A D1 this year so I like Butte County to win the football game. And the thing that's dangerous for Oakley is they had a few of their key players all get hurt at the same time as Tate Cranny and Chandler Jones didn't play last week, and then they had a couple of more kids get banged up during the actual game. And in the 1A classification, when you have four players all out at the same time, that is really dangerous as far as you lose a couple games in a row and suddenly you're on the outside looking in. And for Oakley... This is an absolutely huge game as far as it relates to making the playoffs as there's only three spots available there out of the Snake River Conference. So that is a huge game for each side, especially for Oakley coming off that loss last week to the Valley Vikings. So I'll go a different direction up to the 4A High Country Conference. Blackfoot takes on Idaho Falls this week. The Broncos, an impressive effort in a 31-17 loss last week to the Madison Bobcats. I think they carry that momentum forward as Idaho Falls reels off the Emotion Bowl loss to Skyline last week, and Blackfoot upsets Idaho Falls in that conference game here this week. 
Well, we've got a lot of games on the broadcast schedule looking ahead to this week, and you're going to be at Salmon at Firth. I'll be at Salmon River at Horseshoe Bend. What are you looking for in that Salmon at Firth game? You know, I'm looking for, uh, really, I'm interested to see how Firth is going to play in this one. I mean, Firth is a little bit down from their recent history, uh, and you, you look at the previous matchups, it's been Firth who's won this football contest throughout uh, recent history. So I'd be interested to see uh, kind of how Firth plays at home and how they defend that home turf. And Firth, a big win last week against Ryrie, so I think that's what most people are looking at as well. But you got to be careful against Salmon as they pulled a big upset last year against North Fremont. So Salmon not necessarily a pushover, so to speak. So Firth's got to be careful to try and avoid the upset in that game. As I mentioned, I've got Salmon River at Horseshoe Bend on Friday at 7 o'clock. The Savages with Canyon Harper back in the backfield. That will be fun to watch. And the rest of our broadcast schedule coming up on Thursday. Eagle takes on Timberline at Donald Larson Park. 7 o'clock kickoff. Bora against Boise also at Donald Larson Park. That's on Friday at 7 o'clock. These are all Friday at 7 o'clock kick times that we'll be announcing right here. Butte County at Oakley. Dietrich is at Lighthouse Christian Lewiston at Moscow Rigby at Madison in a game that a lot of people have circled on their calendars. And then some 1A football, Rimrock, the Raiders, and Mark Martell taking Kyle Dalsolio's Wilder Wildcats in a 1A Western Idaho Conference affair. A couple of 1-0, or excuse me, Rimrock is 1-0 and Wilder 0-1, a tough loss last week to Idaho City. Then Salmon at Firth, Salmon River at Horseshoe Bend, and we round it out with Skyline at Hillcrest. So lots of good games on the schedule this week. Lucas, what's one thing in particular that you're looking to find out a little bit more about these teams? Well, I mean, we're getting to the middle portion of the conference schedule right now, and it's it's starting to get to be do-or-die time for a lot of these teams. I mean, you, you just talked about the first Salmon game coming up uh, on Friday that I'll be at. First 2-2 two and two on the season this year, and they're 1-0 they're and oh in conference play, but... You know, you look at a team like West Jefferson, who's three and one. They haven't played a conference game yet. Ryrie's three and two. They they're zero and one in conference play. Firth beat them last week. Salmon, they're zero and one in conference play. I mean, we're really starting to separate the men from the boys here in the middle portion of the conference schedule. And you know, it's getting down to getting these these playoff races are heating up. These uh, conference standings, I mean, they're they're tight, and they're, it, that's not just the case in one classification. That's the case across pretty much all of them. We're looking forward to week six of the high school football season. Again, our guest today has been Lucas Gebhardt, broadcaster for IdahoSports.com. Lucas, thanks for coming on today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been good to be here. And as always, I'd like to thank Project Filter for making the Idaho Sports PrepCast possible. Thank you for listening here to another episode. Until next time, so long, everybody. 